Hello and welcome to the Story Formed podcast, where we journey together at the intersection of faith and story uh, with the goal of pursuing faith, hope, and love. I'm your host, Will Chenault, and I'm the soul care pastor here at Fellowship Bible Church. And really, this podcast is a new thing for me. It exists for the church, uh, specifically for Fellowship Bible Church here in Jackson. And each podcast, I want to take time to interview a person who's a part of our church with the goal of getting to know their stories and getting to know the stories of others within our congregation here at Fellowship. And I've had the privilege just over the years of sitting on the front row and hearing firsthand the God stories of uh, many people in our body. And I, and I want to take the time to share these stories with more people. Today, I have as my very first guest on this very first podcast, a person who's very familiar to Fellowship Bible Church, our worship director, Nathan Shoemaker. Nathan, thanks for joining me on this very first and experimental podcast today. We see you almost every week leading from the stage, but maybe there are people here that want to know a little bit more about you and your story. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah, glad to be here. Good. Thanks for having me. How's your day been the day? That's good, man. We did some uh, Union Chapel this morning. We led okay. worship there. Eugene spoke over there, and uh, okay. so it was a good time. Emily works over there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just being on campus over there is good anytime. Yeah, and you're a so, grad from Union. Yeah, 2016. Yes, yep. yes. We're going to talk a little bit about yeah. that. You you graduated in worship yeah, leadership? Worship. Uh, I had actually, at that time, they didn't call it worship leadership, okay. um, but it was a music major, uh, and I had a minor in Christian studies. Yeah. So it was a little bit, it was similar to what they do now. They have more some more practical classes now uh, within the uh, worship leadership major. Um, but for me, that's that's what the route that I went was yeah. music major with that minor in Christian studies. Yeah, which yeah. sets you up perfectly for what you're doing yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, I love Tell it. me a little bit about... A little bit about your background, just real simple. Just where are you from? Yeah, man, I'm a Paris, Tennessee boy, born okay. and raised, you know? That's just <laughs> me. And um, and so I uh, grew up riding four-wheelers and fishing and okay. all those things. Kind of country boy? You know, I was, but I was always this like in the middle kind of like I could, I don't know if it was just the influence of my dad and mom, mm -hmm. um, but my grandparents definitely like, if I would have only grown up around them, oh yeah, one hundred percent. My mom and my dad kind of gave me a little bit of that. Um, I don't want to say city boy vibe, right. but yeah. <laughs> it gave me the ability to to kind of go, go both, both ways. ways. Yeah, yes. And so, um, you know, we are kind of my uh, experience growing up with with even with like church. Um, we bounced around a lot of different types of churches. Okay. I say bounced around, but we were committed to our churches. But um, my earliest memories were a very small. Southern Baptist Church. Okay. And uh, and then we ended up going to a um, non-denominational, very charismatic oh. church. Um, it was a very small church. Okay. But that was where I kind of um, got a lot of my musical background that I that I do now. A lot yeah. of that started there. And then my dad was uh, joined the Catholic Church at one point in time. So I we attended masses a lot. Oh, wow. And so we were in, we'd go to a the Saturday night mass sometimes with him. Okay. And so experienced that. Um, and then um, what else? Then we ended up kind of settling at another Southern Baptist church okay. in town that really uh, the people that discipled me were there. Mm. And I was, you know, around like, 
fifth grade, somewhere in there. I was like 10. We really kind of started to settle in there. Brothers, sisters. Yeah. You, got, you come from a pretty I'm large family, right? Oldest of five. Yeah. Oldest of five. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, were you yeah. like the the protective older brother or were you like uh, the, you do what I say older brother? <laughs> uh, definitely a little both. <laughs> um, but I, I learned real quick when, when there's five of us, like we, if there's ever leftovers yeah. in the refrigerator, I ate them. I was the okay. first one you, there you in the morning. Right. And uh, yeah, man, I, there was never yeah. food that got left. Right. <laughs> behind so, so were, you, were, were you a musical family i mean when did you mention yeah early on the the experience within the church yeah can you remember music entering in your life your family was it just something that was always there my mom uh always sang a lot and okay. she never really played anything um she actually majored in music at union for a little while okay and then she dropped her major i'm pretty sure and yeah, she dropped her major and she ended up majoring in, uh, I think it was teaching of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it was, but okay. she ended up teaching after school, after college. Um, but she was the one that kind of got me into music initially. My granddad played a little little bit of guitar, a lot of Hank Williams stuff okay. and, you know, uh, older country stuff. And right. he, would, he would play that stuff around me mm-hmm. and uh, still does sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of where my musical background started. And it was definitely in the church right. that it started. Um, my mom was always listening to Christian radio. And it's funny, like, my earliest memories of music were Christian radio. Right. And so Stephen Curtis Trapman, yeah. you know, those are the people that I heard first yeah, and, and got to know. Um, and so, um, yeah. Rock and can, roll and all those things came yeah. later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Those things yeah. Later. Can <laughs> you remember whatever. the first album that you bought with your own maybe it was probably one in, called a cd back then oh gosh can you remember what was the very first one <laughs> yeah. you bought with your own yeah money? it was pod um oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah it was That's pod my mom big. didn't really love them a whole right. lot <laughs> yeah but um i remember uh there's a song called boom yes by pod love that and song. me and my friends we just thought it was yeah. the coolest thing yeah. in the world yeah pod did a lot of the crossover as a matter of fact they yeah. were uh, they would play Ozfest. They yeah. would play all kinds of secular venues. Yeah, they would. They had yeah. a pretty neat ministry there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I even had their like, it was like a DVD of okay. them at one point where yeah. um, it was just behind the scenes stuff that they would do. It was like an hour long documentary kind of thing yeah. of them at their concerts, and yeah. uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but it's a good band. Did you know um, early on? So um, you grew up around the church. You grew up around Christian music very much a faithful attender of church. At what point did you come to the place of saying, huh, I think I might want music to be a part of my life, my career, my yeah. my path? Yeah, well, funny thing is that I actually hated singing okay. um, early on in life. Wow. And especially like before salvation, I just really didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, then whenever, um, I, you know, I was eight when I when I came to salvation, I came to faith at, at the age of eight. And uh, through that, I started to kind of understand, like, there's a reason people are singing. And that was a slow development, for sure, yeah. for sure, definitely. Yeah. Uh, didn't just, you know, start, you know, come out of the water singing right. as loud as I could. Right. Um, but I was... Uh, uh, starting to learn what why we sing and and all that stuff and my mom always sang around me my dad always sang around me 
there was never a lacking of that. Right. They were always very passionate people, but I always felt weird. And yeah. it was just an awkward thing, you yeah. know? And so I start growing in my faith. I'm like 15, 16 is when I started to really like uh, think this is something I should be doing. You mm-hmm. know, I should really. And, and I had people at my church that were discipling me. And, and there was a guy that was in the choir and he would sit out and look at all of us uh, fellas sitting on like the front two rows mm-hmm. and he would just look at us and straight up give us the, you know, he'd point at his eyes and point at us and and let us know you're not singing. Right, <laughs> like you should be singing. Yeah, and he would yeah. tell us, he's like, why aren't you guys singing? Yeah. You know, like he would get us and yeah. uh, and that's the kind of stuff I needed yeah. at that age. I needed someone to be like, why aren't you singing? Right. There, there's there's yeah. reason for this. And Yeah, there's something about, especially for men, Yeah, there's something about a weirdness that men feel like Definitely. they can't sing, yeah. or they or it's weird to sing. That's that or, sharing of emotion almost. Yeah, I think because it, it is that like you know vulnerability that you're right. you're putting out there, and you yeah. kind of want. I think it is. It starts at a young age. You yeah, know? you want to protect yeah. your protect yourself, and right. and you know singing and especially worship specifically yeah. is a surrendered. Yes. Type of uh, yeah. vulnerability that that you have to have exactly. with the Lord and with people, and so, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I, you know, sixteen, I started singing. I ended up getting in the choir and okay. singing there, starting out there, and then I. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move so on. So at sixteen, you realize, wait a minute, I, I can sing. Yeah, I I realized that it was something. There's that, something there. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think that I was good necessarily. Um, and honestly, at that point, you know, I was young and probably wasn't very good. But, <laughs> but um, it was more when I picked up the guitar, which was kind of after. Um, and this is part of part of getting into part of my testimony too. Um, after I felt called into ministry yeah. at the age of sixteen, mm-hmm. uh, we had gone to a camp um, in Illinois, okay. and it was this camp called Youth Alive. And uh, at that. I surrendered to ministry on the last night there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, this the pastor gave this this call for that, and yeah. uh, anyways, it was a very eye opening and very um, and just a moment where I I couldn't explain any other thing to do than than to surrender my life mm-hmm. to ministry. There was just no explanation. I just I had to do it in yeah. that moment, and um, and it, it was actually it was the first time that in a moment of worship in a time of singing. I was completely surrendered to the Lord's will. I remember I even raised up both of my hands. And what that meant to me was, God, I'm surrendered to you yeah. and whatever you want. And in that moment of worship, before the sermon even started, um, I actually had decided before the sermon had started that I was going to talk to my youth pastor about full-time ministry and mm. and just be like, hey, I, I'm supposed to do this. I don't know what that means. I was going to talk to him. And then the pastor uh, or the speaker that night gets up, talks about Peter and Rhoda, um, the story there um, where Peter gets shaken up by the angel and taken out of jail. And uh, the people, the Christians are praying for Peter um, and he's coming and he's knocking at the door and the, the, the servant, the maid servant there, Rhoda, she's like seeing that Peter's at the door and, and he's like, she's like, Peter's here. And so anyways, he was using that as to say, you know, we need more, uh, people like her to in ministry. They said it's a ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh, need you're people, just seeing a ghost. Yeah, exactly. We need people like that in ministry to say Jesus is Jesus. here. Oh, it's yeah. time to move forward. You know. Right. And um, anyways, so 
pretty cool how that that worked out. I literally, my mouth was just, my jaw had just dropped. I li- I was just sitting there like, yeah. the Lord is speaking directly to me in this. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he was to other students that night. Right. Um, but he specifically really just used that week to right. to uh, open my eyes to yeah. what he wanted for me. And so after that is whenever I started to um, uh, get involved with guitar and more music stuff and mm-hmm. Got on YouTube, learned some chords. Yes. My first song was "The Heart of Worship." Oh yeah, Matt Redman, yeah, um, classic, yes. amazing song. Um, and uh, I, I looked back, you know, months later, and was like, I think the reason the Lord gave me that song was because of the honesty behind it, you know, the truth behind it, mm-hmm. um, and the the realness of saying this can this can easily become about me. Yeah. Um, but it's all right. about you. Right. And so, Which yeah. I think, Nathan, one thing I hear really very regularly about you, <clears throat> besides your mammoth beard that, uh, you know, <laughs> is just, it's great. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. I hear that. <laughs> um, but Ooh. I also hear when people realize how young you are, <laughs> yeah, that it's kind of like, oh, my goodness, this guy has a lot of maturity. There's His waters run really deep. And uh, I think that says a lot about how God made you, but also your character and your heart. And I think you have that unique ability that I think is a must with worship leaders that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a a spirit about you that when you lead worship, you're there. And mm-hmm. obviously your voice and your, your, your playing and your yeah. leading, yeah. but it's not... You don't think, oh, okay, Nathan. It, you have a way of disappearing in that in that sense, yeah. and uh, and I just think that speaks to God's call. That speaks to your heart and integrity, yeah. because I think there's a lot of confusion with the whole worship ministry scene. Yeah, I mean, would you not agree that at some point, it along the way, there's some that it, it can be a very uh, very good thing, but also there's maybe some that it's a little bit more about the show. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy temptation to have, and I remember yeah. I certainly have felt those things and and, yeah. and dealt with those things. Right, still do. You yeah. know, yeah, on a daily basis. Honestly, yeah. like I remember early on, like even as an intern doing worship stuff as an intern, yeah. you know it would become about the title for me sometimes. And I'd tell people, yeah, I'm worship intern and, yeah. and doing this. And, yeah. you know, and then I would realize like, why, why do I have to say that? Yes. You know? What, what's well, the- yeah, and I think that for all of us, I mean, I think that's just yeah. the reality. I mean, I, I would say this, if there's there's not a pastor or preacher or communicator that at yeah. some point doesn't wrestle with their own yeah. flesh of, yeah. I want people to validate, I want yeah. people to... Tell me it's good, yeah. but I think the you know you you acknowledge it, but if that becomes the driving thing, yeah. then that's where you realize you got some problems. Right. And right. and I I don't in any way sense that, and I I just sense just uh, that spirit of humility, you know, that spirit of um, of teachability, and I think that is so so vital in in worship ministry and worship yeah. music. I want to shift a little bit now that we're talking on that topic of um, what makes a good worship song? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it depends on sometimes who you ask, but I think for me, you know, I could love a melody that just speaks to me. 
but then I turn around and ask someone else and they hate it, you know, or they just doesn't, doesn't. So that for me, when it comes to a worship song, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to start with those lyrics and you got to see, say, what, what are we singing? What is, uh, what's the the content? What's the truth? Um, And so I think if you start there and then, you know, once you kind of listen to that and and realize what am I singing? um, Is it, you know, is it helpful? Is it, um, worshipful? Is it truthful? Um, is it going to engage my head and my heart? Right. You know, then that's when you find a song that can engage your head and your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just that, you know, you're, yeah. you're, that's a gold mine there. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, some of those, sometimes those songs are few and far between. Sometimes yeah. you have more of the hearty songs that just want to, um, you know, engage you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, you totally get rid of those songs, no, and I don't, I don't think you totally get rid of the very heady songs that right. are um, engaging your mind. I think you have yes. to have both, and and but sometimes you find those songs that kind of can do, do both. both. Yeah, and I you're agree. like, man, this is right. this is an awesome song. Right. You know, sometimes you do. There, there is nothing wrong with those heart, yeah, heart level. Um, you know, I am I am moved by my emotions because yeah. worship has so much to do with yeah. our emotional response. Yeah. God made us emotional beings, yeah. and so there's nothing wrong with right. experiencing emotional uh, responses. For I think sure. part of, too, it is it is that integration of mm. head and heart, of, of theological, biblical truth, of yeah. truth that I can sink into, yeah. uh, but also that engages my emotions. I, I think about there's a, a person at our church that... Um, uh, lost her husband, long time marriage. You know the husband, wonderful, wonderful man, and yeah. he, he he passed away of cancer, and just had a wonderful marriage. And you know she just she recalled to me uh, one time of just how much she would um, sing the, the hymns. Yeah, and for and sure. for her that was a uh, I'm walking. Yeah the grounds uh, in the evening. I'm thinking about my husband. I'm singing these yeah. hymns. So there is something about the content yeah, of truth that is is crucial for worship music. Um, but we also know that there is that balance of both of those because we don't want to just be all emotion because right. we've seen that. We've seen yeah. that in some worship, even modern worship music. Yeah, uh, and... Um, and and I agree with you. It's kind of the rare thing that does that does both. Yeah, it yeah it is, and I think it's e- an easy thing to talk about. Yeah, it's so easy for worship leaders to sit down and say, "Oh yeah, you know, head and heart. You know, we got to accomplish both." And then they really just end up leaning to one or the other. Right. And so it's this constant tension, and it's not a and it's a rewarding tension because mm-hmm. you see people. Uh, clinging to to songs that you're singing and right. holding on to them for life right. and having experiences like right. what you just talked about, right. where you know their family member passes away and they've got these songs to hang yes. on to. Yes, um, or they have, or they have a diagnosis yeah. and uh, they're in the hospital room and they're singing these, they're singing these songs. They're clinging to these yeah. truths that get that get yeah, lodged in into yeah. their heart, into their yeah. mind. That's the importance of it. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing, and and that's what I'm doing on a on a weekly basis is living in that tension, mm-hmm. and then seeing the Lord use it. Right. Um, and right. so, right. Um, yeah. So this uh, question for you: uh, how how do you know 
how do you know when there's been a really powerful time of worship? Mm. Just for you as a worship yeah. leader. How do you, when you, after finishing the time of worship, yeah. when you kind of feel the sense of, wow, I felt I felt God move in that. What, what's yeah. your experience with that? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say sometimes because sometimes you you just have no idea how the Lord is speaking to someone yeah. in a moment where you may be so frustrated about something that's going on in the background, uh-huh. and then the Lord yes. just moves and just does things. And those are actually some of the best times for me is when I thought I had it figured out, mm-hmm. and the Lord just shows me, no, you didn't. Yeah. And uh, but I think for me, like. When I'm when I'm able to engage in that in that time of worship and just dig into it, mm-hmm. um, and then I also see others engaging and hear them singing, like, man, that's just such a powerful moment. And and then afterwards to have conversations with people where they say, you know, that song specifically just really, you know, moved me in this way or mm-hmm. give me something specific mm-hmm. that, that that happened or. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of unexplainable sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just know that the Lord is ministering to people's hearts, right. and because He's ministering to your heart, yeah. And so you know, He's not just going to be there ministering right, to your heart. Right. Um, it's also but, too in the moments that you think, oh, maybe the click track went wrong, or maybe this yeah. cue didn't happen. But yeah. realizing He works through that, yeah. and in the moments that you think, oh man, I, I'm not even sure how yeah. that went out or was right. was perceived that you look back and go, no, God was working. He was yeah. moving through that. He was yeah. yeah. I think it's sometimes for me even when I'm watching a worship leader, yeah. those small mistakes sometimes are some of the best things that happen right. in a worship set. Yeah. Because you remember those people aren't perfect. Yes. And they're right yeah. there with you. Yeah. You know, you're worshiping together. You're yeah. and you're obviously <laughs> you don't want to talk too much about this cuz then it becomes a crutch. It's like, you yeah, know, you yeah, the Lord's moving and <laughs> Yeah, you don't want sloppiness that then can become a distraction, yes, but can. then there is those human moments that yeah. you say, those you moments know, are special sometimes. Yeah, yeah you know? I'm not um we don't want to err on the other end that you become so the the bar is so low that oh well, we're just going to make mistakes and the lyrics are going to be wrong and yep. you know the Somebody's going to sing off key because those aren't things that, those are distractions that actually draw us away from worship. But we also don't want to go so far as to see that that's just something that uh, is is this rigid performance. And and I think every worship leader has to walk that tightrope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's like your relationship with with a father or you know someone who's over you. You know, you want to be able to have that ability to kind of be real yeah. with with that father figure um, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Um, you want to be able to be real with them, but you also, there's an expectation, yeah. you know, to clean your room or whatever when you're a yes. kid. You know, there's, there's these expectations yes. that you still got to do these things, but we're going to have an awesome time. We're going to go out and have fun and go fishing or whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think it's the same with, with a time of worship. It's like bring your excellence Mm-hmm. And bring that before the Lord, but know that it's not your excellence that's making you worthy of right. of anything. Right. Your 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 excellence at the end of the day is nothing. It's not about the excellence. It's about the relationship you have with the Lord right. and how you want to bring that excellence. Yeah. You know, and how am I engaging that as yeah. I come into 
the worship experience, how am I actually saying, God, I'm singing these songs to you? Right. You know, I'm not I'm not paying attention to this is not a concert. Right. That's what I try to emphasize to people. Mm-hmm. This is not a concert. We're not yeah. showing up like we would a concert. Mm-hmm. Oh man, can you imagine this guitarist and how good he is? And yeah. I mean, I'm not watching Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is something that we are gathering as God's people corporately yeah. together to sing, engage emotions, uh, have our hearts warmed and stirred and experience him. Yeah. And I think that is, and you're facilitating that through yeah. music, which is yeah. so important. I love this. Um, uh, you talk a little bit about your family. I have this vivid scene in my mind, your little brother, Caleb. And I don't know if a lot of people know about Caleb yeah. and, and your little brother, but um, how old's Caleb now? He's 14. Okay. Okay. Remember. All right. So he's a teenager. I always forget. He, he's, he's a teenager yeah. now. He's, he's in his teens. Yeah, he's in his teens. <laughs> I'm the worst. And uh, Caleb has Down syndrome. And uh, just the sweetest, yeah. you know, Caleb's one of those that when you get to know Caleb, you know that he likes you when he come and kisses you, kisses you on the head. You know, <laughs> yeah. the first time he kissed me on the head, I yeah. thought, okay, uh, <laughs> we've got, we've, I made it. We've got something special here. It. But there was a, uh, this was a couple of years ago, but I, I love watching Caleb mm-hmm. because he is just, um, um, you know, unencumbered. Yeah. By any expectation, yeah, he's singing. He is. He's engaged yeah. in a free. Uh, that's a powerful picture. It is. I can remember maybe it was a night of worship or something a few years ago. But he he just and other people commented of just it was a genuine, it's a sincere response. But there mm-hmm. was just this openness yeah. that I, it's almost like the uh, David's response yeah. in the Old Testament. I'm going to dance before yeah. the Lord, and I don't care. Yeah, and sure. and David's wife is saying, "Well, this is really undignified for a king." Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's the old David Crowder yeah. song. Well, I'll become yeah. an undignified. Yeah, because I'm going to yeah. do this for my Lord. I just think about that uh, with Caleb. Tell me a little bit about what being an older brother to Caleb. Oh man, it's it's so special and you know I don't think I'll ever have a bigger fan of my music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than Caleb. Yeah. Um it might even surpass my mom. Yeah. <laughs> she would probably say that too. Um because every time he gets in the car with me um and you know you don't usually want to listen to your own music unless you're trying to critique it or you know if you're mixing it if you're recording something new you want to listen to it and make sure everything sounds yeah. good. But like once it's out, you're like, okay, I'm done. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll right. play it, but I don't necessarily want right. to listen to it. Um, but he's like, Nathan's song? And that's what he says. Nathan's song. And so he wants to hear. Right. And and it's funny, I, he he always wants to hear uh, songs that like I've given him little demos of. And so he gets used to the demos. <laughs> so sometimes I don't even have the songs because right. I ended up like not doing anything right. with that song or whatever. Right. I've given him all these demos over the years. Right. And so there's these songs, and I know what he's talking about, but I'm like, Caleb, I don't have that song anymore. Right. It's on a CD somewhere. Right. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, and so he gets he gets all those songs in his head. And, yeah. um, but it's just such a special thing because yeah. you're right. I mean, his unencumbered like sense of worship that he brings yeah. wherever. Um, right. Doesn't matter the setting. Right. It, it's right. just. He's there. It's and the he's child engaged. Life. I mean, yeah. it's Jesus saying to the children, "Come unto me." Yeah, you know, yeah. and and actually pointing to that childlike faith of saying, "Here's somebody that is 
um, there's something really, really special and really pure yeah. uh, about that. And uh, he's a special person. Um, yeah. You mentioned a little bit of your your writing, and um, you you've written some songs. As a matter of fact, um, during COVID season, uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, every time she takes her mask off when she comes like outside. She'll sing "Breath of Life." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fill me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of it's "Breath awesome. of Life," yeah, "Breath of Life." I love that. You've, you've written some songs. Up. You've done. Maybe some we'll stuff. do a different version. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, is that? Uh, tell me about. Is is it hard to write? Is it hard to write a worship song? It can be. Um, I don't. You know, for me, I don't sit in a lot of writing sessions with people. All my writing is mostly just like stuff that I do at the house right now. And with Emily, and Emily's a great, yeah, she's great. You guys at, have done stuff together, yeah. yeah. And so we actually write a lot of like country stuff together yeah, too. I love it. And uh, we've been writing a ton of stuff recently. But when it comes to like the worship songs that I write, um, I usually will have some idea, um, whether it's from some scripture that I've been reading or whatever. I'll just have some ideas, and so I'll show it to her, and she'll be like, "Yeah, I love that." Or she'll be like. Eh, it's kind of cheesy, you know. <laughs> just, I don't really like, it. or that right. sounds like another song. That's yes, the worst. That's the, yeah. When you realize, yeah. you, when you're subconscious, right. you've written you someone realize. else's song, yes. and that happens to Absolutely. writers all the time. And Absolutely. I think you've just got to be aware of that and right. be okay with, well, trashing that one, <laughs> right? Right. You know. Um, and so there's, I'm sure there's been tons of those throughout my songwriting, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and I've I've written some new songs recently that um, I'm excited about. I just um, I'm not done with them fully and trying to figure out, you know, we've got a lot of different things. I mentioned the country stuff where yeah. we've kind of started doing that as a way for Emily and I just to hang out just oh, as a, a yeah. married couple. Like it's, right. it's been so fun, like to have yeah. something to do, a hobby to do together, hang out together. And, yeah. and, um, it's just, it's just fun. And yeah. so we want to do some stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, once we kind of get that stuff done, I want to get back on the worship songs right. that I've been working on. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about what I've got. I've got like three songs right now that I'm feeling pretty good about. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, anyways, it's yeah. it's always a journey. You know, each song is, um, it starts somewhere with some emotion that I'm having mm-hmm. and then it kind of blossoms into yeah. to a chorus, a verse and a bridge, you know, all right. that. So. And you, I'm, I imagine there's probably part that you gotta kind of hold loosely too, because you you'll you'll do it like any sort of artist. Um, yeah. I've heard of artists talk about you know at at some point they may start a painting and they love the painting and then yeah. inevitably they're going to hate the painting. Yeah. But as yeah. they continue to hang with the painting, uh, change maybe there was a line that needed to be changed. Maybe yeah. there was a, a bridge that <clears throat> needed to be changed. And Definitely. so when that happens, yeah. you know it's 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 that. Do you like that process of whittling I, it down, of, yeah. of critiquing it? Of, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so critical at the front end Okay, yeah. a lot of times that I want it to be like a few lines that I'm having to figure out. Yeah, I don't want it to be like a whole bridge. Or, so usually what ends up happening with me is I'll write a song and I've got most of it. I love this. I love where I'm going. And then I'll have those few lines those like in the verses or maybe a line in the chorus that I'm like that just doesn't make sense or that isn't the right thing to say there um, and so then I'll come back after a year or after 
six months or whatever, and I'll finally figure it out. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You'll and be inspired. I'll be like, this you'll is what moment. it is. I've been meaning right. to say yeah. that. It'll, it'll come together. Yeah. yeah I've heard so writers takes, talk about it. It takes time yeah. sometimes to. What I'm blown away by of, of songwriters is the uh, volume of songwriters, you know, that, that actually. Mm-hmm. Professional writers, that's they're writing all the time, oh, yeah. all the time, yeah. And they're not trying to. And I think this is an important thing of they're just writing. They're not trying yeah. to write the next hit, right? You know, I think so too. Just man. putting Gosh. it down, getting something down yeah. that maybe has a little bit of a seed yeah. that then can come back to, yeah, try it again, uh, maybe try a different thing that yeah. then. Has a little bit of some bones to it that right. can be built built out from there. Yeah, it's such a. I think you have that music where you can always feel when it's forced. Yes, you know, writing and right. um, you can't always feel it, but most of the time you can feel yeah. that forced writing. Yeah, and and there's writers that get paid by a label to write on yeah. a regular basis, and for those people, um, they have to write every day, and right. so but they want to write honest things. They want right. to be able to sound honest and. And create songs for yeah. different artists that may buy their song and right. perform it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's that's a challenge for for like legit songwriters that yeah. do that on a daily basis. Right. Um, for somebody like me, it's a little bit easier, I think, because I'm not pressured by you know a label or right. anything like like I don't have that have to get have something to done. It's also a negative because it makes me sometimes drag my feet uh-huh. when I want to be creating songs when I want to get things done yeah. sometimes it's hard because right. I'm you know I'm like well I really have other things I need to do yeah. or or I kind of prioritize right. other things and sometimes it's rightfully so right and um, you got to be disciplined to say I exactly. got to sit down this time and, and I know a right. lot of writers that just say I'm setting a timer yeah you know yeah. I'm setting a timer for this time it's interesting and this is a rabbit trail uh, I don't want to go too long because we'll wrap it up here in a minute but um, maybe this is a conversation we'll store away for another day. But I, I can remember watching an interview between uh, Bono and Eugene Peterson, mm-hmm. who uh, basically translated or paraphrased the message version of the yeah. Bible. And they were talking about the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And what Bono was saying, he was actually having a critique of Christian music. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, where is the music of lament? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's the music that says, I'm really, really struggling? Yeah. And God, I'm not sensing your presence. Mm. Um, I don't know where you are. Mm. And uh, I thought that that was pretty revealing. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, and probably true. Yeah, in a lot of ways. When we, if we were to look at, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but generally, when we think of Christian music, we think yeah. about the kind of light uh, or, yeah. or or the positive right. you know and and yes our faith is positive but there's also there's a whole category of yeah. god i don't know where you are yeah. you know i think about in my own story uh, you know when i first came to faith uh stephen curtis chapman was really formative for me yeah. you know um and probably his most powerful album was the one that he wrote after his daughter tragically died mm. Yeah, that really actually fit that category of yeah. I'm wrestling and God, I, I I don't know where you are and I haven't seen your face. That may be a, another conversation for another day. But I think yeah. about that oh, yeah. going into yeah. the writing of yeah. in the artistry of of worship music. Yeah, yeah. That, there's some artists out there like like what you say with yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman that album. I think there are definitely 
some artists out there that have written those songs. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes the problem is we don't want to hear them. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, which, and then sometimes we do. Sometimes right. we're like, oh, thank right. the Lord. There's something right. honest here, you yes. know? Um, but sometimes we just we just want to hear the happy, you yeah. know? And that's so, not, if we were to take the Psalms, if we were to say the Psalms are the worship uh, liturgy of the Bible, which yeah. it is. Yep. I mean, we're going to read the Psalms, and the Psalms are going to have the the variety of every emotion. They're going to say, "Lord, I praise you. I mm-hmm. enter your courts. I I bring my praise before you." Right. Um, and they're singing of the vastness of God. And then we're going to have Psalms that they're saying, uh, particularly in Psalm thirteen, "God, where are you? Yeah. Why are you hiding your face from me?" Mm. You know, uh, David saying, uh, "Kick the teeth in of my enemy." <laughs> You know, dash their children on the rocks. I don't know if we want a worship song about that, Mm. but that also shows we can come to God with the range of our emotions. We can come to him, which is the essence of coming in worship and experiencing that. And and you're a part of of leading uh, in that. This is a first podcast, Nathan, and so I want to be conscious. uh, I don't, you know... uh, we could talk all day about these sort of things. Uh, I'd love, you know, I, we could talk for a couple of hours on this topic, but just the sensitivity to maybe the, maybe a couple people listen to this. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, just kind of wrap it up with this question. This is kind of a fun question. Okay. Yeah. If you were alone on a desert island oh, and you boy. only had <laughs> one worship song that you could listen to. Hmm on repeat, what would it be? Gosh. Um, Wow. I've never thought about this before. I'm I'm feeling like I'm coming back to Matt Redman. Yeah. Um, Maybe the heart of worship? Maybe, honestly. Okay. Because... His his original recording of that, if I had, if that's what I was listening to, mm. they've got this like roadsy, worldsy thing in there mm. too, and it just gets me. Yeah, <laughs> it just gets me in it. You know, maybe, it's, maybe that's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you can't ask for a better lyric. You can't yeah. ask for a better meaningful. Yeah. That really is encapsulates. Yeah. You know, and especially when you know the story about yeah. that. You know, the story of. Uh, congregation that was going through the worship wars yeah. and there was a pastor that was courageous enough to say we're, we're not singing anymore yeah you guys are fighting over style yeah we're, we're not we're gathering together for fear for a period of time we're done singing yeah because this is going to be contentious which my goodness what a bold move yeah and matt redmond was the worship leader there he was yep. just cutting his teeth there yeah and then they actually came back and that song was born out of that lament of yep. going god we've made it all about all these other things yeah but it's all about you. It's yeah. all about you, Jesus. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's that's so important when we understand our worship and the ministry of worship. And so, Nathan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. This has been really good. Um, thank you for all that you do to create a worshipful environment at Fellowship Bible Church. I Absolutely. really believe that the fruit has been seen right now of you answering that call when you were 16 years old. And um, we're all the recipients of God's good gifts through you. So thanks, brother, for joining me. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. All right.